0: Welcome to the Profitable Farmer podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. And now your host, business expert, Andrew Roberts.
1: Welcome to this podcast. And this is a topic that I'm very excited to to bring you uh, during this podcast, which is the topic of marketing. It's one of my favorite topics. And uh, we have Tim Young, all the way from America, uh, online with me at the moment. We've got a, we've got a Zoom recording. How are you going, Tim? Good day, mate. Did I say that right? <laughs> mate, you, you actually—that's that, pretty close. Can you do that one more time for me, please? Good day, mate. Yeah, not, not bad, not bad at all, <laughs> Tim. <laughs> How are you going? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing extremely well as well, actually. Look, I, I I will say I'm I'm quite sleep deprived. I I we've got a little um a brand new born boy, little Oscar, and he's um ten days old, at the moment. So uh, it's it's one of those you know it's it's blurry. It's just that's the easiest way that I can describe life at the moment. Just blurry.
0: Well, ten days, ten days. He should be out there milking the cow by now, Andrew. <laughs>
1: he's in he's in he's in training i had something else i could have said there but i regarding milk but i'm not i'm not going to go there tim um so listen i can't wait to dive into this topic on marketing and and would love to just start with your background tim and and how you what, what you do and how you came how you got involved in 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 helping farmers when it comes to marketing
0: yeah a lot of people I think Andrew have uh, kind of lived two lives, and I, I kind of have in the business sense I, I spent most of my career or at least you know twenty five years in corporate America, running uh, business to business marketing firms, helping financial services and technology companies. but my background was very much marketing and also building pretty high growth businesses and uh, like a lot of people at least in the states, back in two thousand and five two thousand and six that range. Um, I, you know, I had an awakening. I was like, wow, where's, where does my food come from? Because none of us thought, think about those kind of things. You know, We go to work, we sit in our cubicles, we fly around the world, and you know, we just get food from wherever without thinking about where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And once I had that realization, it just alarmed me and it, it caused some changes, um, at, at least in my value system and my wife's value system. Now, we should have done something rational, like go to a farmer's market. But what we did being, you know, kind of entrepreneurial, which, as you know, you can kind of make your life wherever you want it to be. um, I said, why don't we just leave this life behind? And so we went and bought 126 acres in Georgia and the United States. And we said, let's (laughs) let's farm it. And we neither one of us grew up on a farm. I don't think either one of us had ever petted a cow or touched the chicken or anything. But we got a herd of Murray gray cattle, which originated down in your neck of the woods. And I uh, had about 40 Murray Gray cattle that we were raising as a herd of grass-fed beef. We had about 800 chickens on pasture that we were doing as pasture poultry, uh, eggs and, and meat chickens. We raised rabbits. We had a, about 150 pigs in the woods that we were raising as woodlot pork. Um, we had uh, Katahdin sheep on the pastures and did that for a number of years, basically producing meat products before we started milking Jersey cows and created a farmstead cheese operation. And was very successful with that, you know, picked up a lot of media attention from the New York Times, CNN and all kinds of other media outlets, Um, had a wonderful, wonderful customer base. We sold directly to customers uh, and we also sold through, you know, the big grocery stores here in the States like Whole Foods. But um, like you, you know, you have a young child. We had a young child a few years ago and decided that we wanted to kind of pull back a little bit on our farming so we could have more privacy and more time with our daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've done that. And I still farm. I still make cheese and sell the cheese. But I kind of miss that connection with everyone. So I started this business uh, last year called the Small Farm Nation Academy. And it's a, it's a business and membership site where I teach marketing skills to farmers to help them be more successful.
1: Ah, oh, fantastic story! And I mean, I like—I just want to go straight into this. Um, this this teaching farmers, particularly marketing. Um, and and I want to just even address uh, sometimes an, an elephant in a room when when a farmer thinks, um, I don't need marketing. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's just talk a little bit about that. What? Why is this? Why is this such an important topic for a farmer to learn?
0: Well, I think if a farmer, I think a lot of people when they think of farming, and again, it. I want to be um, plead a little bit of naivete. I'm not really sure what the differences are in, in your marketplace, but at least in the states, when some people think of farming, they think of commodity farming. And if you're doing commodity farming, you know then maybe you don't need marketing as much. You're going to grow a lot of grain, and it's going to go to a silo, and then you're not really you're just dealing with what the market does. But the people I work with are all the small farmers, the people who either grew up on the farm or they left corporate America like I did, and they want to go make a difference with their lives. Um, and and they, they always pursue that with the romantic notions. They think about the life on the farm, the idyllic pastures, the animals, the growing things, getting dirty, uh, spending time with their children, all the nice parts of farming that are real, mm. but they forget the most important thing. And this is the first thing I hit them with when they come into the academy. And I ask them the question, Are you running a hobby or are you running a business? Hmm. Because think about it, Andrew. When people leave a a job and go to start a farm, right, they never say, I'm going to go start a farm business. Hmm. They always say, I'm going to go farming. But farming isn't a business. Farming is a business. Businesses need customers. If you need customers, you need marketing.
1: Yes, very, very, very black and white, but very, very true. And it's interesting. A lot of our listeners do run commodity uh, businesses, and and we have a, a number of farmers that are, are very much uh, in the category that you're referring to as well, um, and and looking for markets and looking for the opportunity to find new customers, etc. So, right. so let's address this. I mean, how do you go about helping um, a farmer uh, market? What 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 are the, what are some of the key things that, that a farmer needs to understand when it comes to marketing?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's a number of things they have to go through. The first thing is to have that awakening that, oh, you're right, Tim, I am running a business. Now that I'm running a business, what skills do I need to have uh, to be an effective marketer? And, and there's, there is a difference in what you're talking about with the larger commodity farms, which, where they really focus on creating products and niches that the market needs that are value-added versus the small farmer that I often deal with. The small farmers, and we have a famous one here in America called Joel Salatin. I know he's been down there to Australia many times speaking about his farming methods. Joel's a perfect example of a smaller farmer who, ha- who recognizes the importance of branding, so he's created a personal farm brand. So you think about him and his values and and the way he does that is he's very outspoken about um, a common enemy, which is big agriculture, big mm-hmm. industrial farming. So he basically gets everybody on his side to cheer against the big guy. And therefore without even thinking about it, they're cheering for him. Yeah. What he's what he's done is he's created a brand. And so the first step in, successfully marketing your small farm is in creating a brand yeah.
1: for your farm very interesting and you know even the farmers that are the the larger commodity farmers have an opportunity i believe to to, to work on this and and open up new markets and and um it, you know right now we're, we're going through quite a nasty drought in australia
0: i know um, it's awful
1: And it is, it's tough, but you know, the, the public really want the farmers to succeed. I think, and I think there's a lot of opportunities um, for farmers to actually work more on branding and work more on bringing their story out. And, and so let's just drill into that a little bit, if that's okay, Tim. I mean, how does a farmer um, bring that, that brand alive? What are some of the tools or techniques that they can do or use?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think even if you're a larger commodity farm, branding may, be, may even be more important. For the small farms, um, you could argue that branding might be a little bit less important because they get people out to their farm and therefore they cultivate these relationships with people. But larger commodity farms often can't do that. So someone is going to go into a restaurant or going to go into a grocery store. How do they make their choice? And they're going to make that choice based on brand recognition. Yeah. So, you know, wh- wh- regardless of what size farm it is, whether it's small or large, th- you know, they have to get their brand out there. Small farmers, I mentioned Joel Salatin earlier, they do that by taking a stand for something. Now, you can do that, too, if you're a big farm, but large, but often bigger uh, operations and commodity operations replace that taking a stand stance with advertising, with getting their name out there so that people know who they are and creating an image of what they stand for. And they do that on a, and they do that on a consistent basis, Andrew. I think a lot of th- mistakes people make is okay i 'm going to run an ad once, dude, forget it and it 's the same thing with you 're taking a stand for your farm and you 're trying to brand yourself you can 't do that once. you have to do that repetitively. We need to hear that message over and over as consumers so that it sinks in that I associate your brand with this product category
1: yeah now. I want to drill into that a little bit more because I think I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, it's that re- repetition, it's consistency, um, it's it's ena- en- enabling people to understand number one I exist, and number two here's here's what makes me unique and different. Right? I mean, right. I, I think branding's a, or marketing's a game, um, and there's a there's a point there's a part that you've got to get people to notice you, and then there's another part that where you've got to get people to understand you know why is this company different. So. So, what are some of the tools that a farmer can can use um, to to create this brand awareness and 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 maybe speak for or, or you know, have a, have a voice for something, as you were pointing out? What are some of the ways that they can do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, in addition to marketing and advertising when they're doing that way, being in front of the media and having an opportunity to tell their story, make them make their businesses, their farm businesses real, not some distant entity that there's some farm out there. Let people know that these are people. These are our values. This is what we stand for. And that's what I mean by taking a stand. Now. You do need to become skilled. These are some of the things that I teach, but not just I. Many people teach these kind of things. You do need to become skilled at creating sound bites, at articulating. One of the reasons that my farm was very fortunate that we were picked up, I mean, CNN came out to our farm a number of times. So did the New York Times and other publications. But a lot of times that happened, Andrew, because I would write blog post, or I would p- put content out there that had sound bites in it. So then people wanted to come, it, it just, it piqued their curiosity.
1: Yes.
0: And, and again, I, I know, for example, I'll, I'll, I'll mention Joel Salatin again, he's a master at doing those kind of things. So a big commodity farm needs to make itself personable and real that yeah. there's, is, there's is a family that there, there's people there and they stand for something. So that when I go into the grocery store, I feel like I know that person. I may not know that person, but I feel like I know that person.
1: Yeah, and that's a skill. Um, and okay, and and so, what are some of the the, the methods that a farmer can use to to um, achieve that?
0: Well, whether one of the lessons that I take people through in the academy, this is actually in my copywriting course in the academy, is I and this is a very difficult shift for most people is I have to teach them how to think in terms of benefits and not features, because yeah. everybody thinks in terms of here's the features of our products. It's hundred percent grass fed. So, okay. It's a hundred percent organic. So, yes. you know, and, and I have to get them to make the leap to what's the benefits for the consumer. Because we all talk, whether, whether you're a big farmer or small, we all talk from our point of view, me being the farmer. Yes. Well, you're trying to persuade a consumer, so you have to put yourself in their shoes. Why, when they, In the case of the small farmer, how, why is it important to not buy the products that are packaged in the supermarket, but instead incur the inconvenience to go buy from a small farm? Why should I do that? Why is that important to me? What's the benefit? Same thing on a, on a large farm scale. When they go into the supermarket, why should I choose your product when all these other products look the same? Wow. They have to become skilled at conveying those benefits to the consumer of supporting their product.
1: Yes. And, and when it comes to even some of those copywriting skills, this, this comes through what on the website, this comes through in, 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 I mean, you, you mentioned before sending out blogs. I mean, How often should a farmer be sending out a blog or or communicating to their customer base?
0: Well, you know, obviously, Andrew, you know, you and I are both passionate podcasters, but one of the things that I did back in 2008 or nine, I forget which which year it was, we started a podcast back then um, on our farm that was widely followed in in the U S and but also widely followed by our customers. But the result of that was, People would always say to us if they ever met us on the farm, they'd be like, "Oh my God, I know you guys! I know everything about you." And many people, of course, never came to the farm. But the point is that people feel like they know you. Now they're not going to feel like they know you or any farm if that farm doesn't have a presence. Now that presence that presence could be a podcast, but I recognize that most people aren't going to do this. But it also could be a blog. But if it's going to be a blog. It's not as simple as, okay, I'm going to go to Squarespace or WordPress or something and start a blog. You still have to know how to blog and what to say and how to express your personality and that personality, Andrew, is your brand personality yes. again with a, yeah, I, I'm gonna the reason I continue to reference the example of Joel Salatin is because he's so wonderful at making up words you know and and making it so part of his brand personality. Yes. But other farmers rather than copy what he does, other farmers have to find their own brand voice so that people remember them if you don't if I don't remember you, you the large farmer. When I go to the store, I'm not going to choose your product.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm hearing you. And, and uh, I've been business coaching for um, 19 years now, Tim. And one of the, the biggest things that I'll say to my customers is 80% of your success is marketing.
0: Absolutely. And I was shocked to learn that on the farm. I don't know why I was shocked given my marketing background, but I found that, you know, at least on small scale farming, um, you know, it was 20% about growing and it was 80% about marketing. There's a lot of people out there that are raising pigs, chickens, sheep, cows, producing soap, producing cheese, producing fiber, producing crafts, and they're good at it. And I tell you, there are people that are better at farming than I am. I, I absolutely know that. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are. What's the, if you can't get somebody to buy all this food that we're producing, what's the point?
1: Well, there's a great saying and it's um you you're better off uh having a good product marketed extremely well than an outstanding product marketed poorly.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And this is and I- this is a really big one, Tim, because we'll have a lot of people listening to this um this podcast and uh, a lot of farmers out there won't even have a, the basic website and yeah. they, they don't even get around to it and they want to do it and they they they, pro- they know they probably should have a presence um um but they don't even know where to start with that stuff and what you know what do i put on there and i mean all these things that you're you're teaching here um finding that u- uniqueness and and um talking about the benefits and and the the advantages to the customer and i mean how does the farmer even start when they it, 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 they come from almost like that zero skill?
0: Right. I know I know if it, it it was, it was this is, this led to a decision I made in the Small Farm Nation Academy that quite honestly has created a fair amount of hardship for me, Andrew, yeah. but um, one of the things that I did was in the small Farm Nation Academy is I offer it included in the included in the academy membership yeah. I, which is about forty dollars a month yeah. and that 's all it is. I offer a free website, so I created Andrew a, a child theme that runs in WordPress that I host a website for them. Um, and it's drag-and-drop tools. It's an easy-to-create website. I've got videos in the academy on how to create the website, but in many cases, they still either don't know how to do it or they don't want to do it, and they ask me to do it for them, and we have a small package where we set up the website for them, and then we right. run it every month. We maintain their email addresses. We maintain their website, and they get it free as being part of the academy, and then they get to go through all the, all the courses on how to build your brand, how to grow your email list, how to write copy. How to? I've got a course on blogging blogging and content marketing and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to do all these things, but it allows somebody to pick and choose. Let's say that they want to go through the course on media and public relations. I need to get more media, so I want to follow that course. And then they can do that. So, yeah, we've got the same thing here with small farms that um, they, they think they can create a website, because there's all these tools out there now, right? Like Squarespace and Wix and Weebly and all these others. And everybody thinks, oh, I can create a website. Well, the fact that somebody's got a tool to make it easy to get a site up does not mean that you know how to pick the colors or the fonts or the words that should go on that site.
1: That can connect with the customer. I mean, you're absolutely um, filling a need and a problem because I I feel farmers um, have have an enormous opportunity in this space, Tim. And Look, I just right. want to. How do people find, just to address that now, how can people find out more about your product that you just spoke about?
0: Well, I got a lot of free content on my website, which is smallfarmnation.com, and that's where I've got my blog and my podcast, and I've got some right. free videos and training for people that just right. want some free stuff. It's there. But there's also a link from there to my my uh, membership uh, site, which is smallfarmnationacademy.com.
1: Okay, great. We'll, we'll put that below this um, so people can, can come on through. But I, I just wanted to, I want to come back and address another elephant in the room, um, because and you whether you see this or not, but I I know that uh, some people listening to this, um, they'll be guilty of this one, and and they'll go they'll they'll have yep I know I should do the marketing, I know it's something we should have a website up, and I know we should be communicating with our customers, and I I know we should be working on why we're different and why we're unique and putting our story out there, but I don't have time. Right. Okay, so how, what, what would you say to a farmer that knows they've got to do all of this, but again, um, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, farming's busy, uh, we, we, right. we're all busy, but, but they don't prioritise this?
0: Well, I would change the name farmer. So first of all, I wouldn't say something to a farmer. I would say something to a business owner or an yeah. entrepreneur. Oh, you're running it. a, you're running a business and you don't yes. have a website. Are you kidding me? Yes. And, and, and I think you got to get direct and I'm, I, I will apologize to your audience. Maybe this is just the American in me coming out, but get a website. You know, yeah. if you can, if you can't do it, hire someone to do it for you. There are agencies that will do it for you. I just mentioned that, you know, we offer it free in our academy, but many people can create a website for you, but you have to have a brand presence and that brand presence presence needs to be consistent with the image that you want to portray to the public. And it also needs to convey, um, to to give a sense of, you know, transparency and what you're really about and convey the benefits of supporting your brand. So if you're, if you're not comfortable doing that, and believe me, I know a lot of business owners, farmers or not, that are not comfortable with marketing, then then work with somebody who is comfortable with that. Yeah. But it's critical that you have that. Can you name any successful business out there? I can't name any successful business that I'm aware of that doesn't have a brand presence.
1: I think you're absolutely on the money. Um, again, just quoting even Henry Ford, I think it was him that said, um, if you're not marketing, it's like winking at a girl in the dark and expecting right. her to see. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's exactly a- right. And so, you know, here are these farmers that have these, well, these farm business owners, as you rightly put it, that have these amazing products, these amazing businesses. That, and and not only that, there's there's potential markets that they could open up if they actually right. decided to put out what they're doing. And as you said, there, there's there's probably an opportunity for them to, even for the commodity businesses, um, to open up new markets through through learning these skills and and cutting out. I'm the middleman and, and, um, you know, value-adding correct.
0: Of course. Now, how do you find out about the new market opportunities? If you create a brand presence and have a website, if you have a way to start having a dialogue with your potential customers, meaning that... You're writing, uh, it could be a blog or social media or whatever. If they have a way to subscribe to your email list, then you then have an email database. If you have an email database, don't you have an ability then to start surveying people to find out their brand preferences, what they want, what's missing in the market, so that you can make some informed decisions based on c- uh, customer or consumer feedback about what's missing? And that's how you create products that are high margin for you and high value for them.
1: Yeah, I am totally aligned to this and um i mean i i i can't emphasize enough the importance of marketing and i think there's a huge opportunity for farmers to um to to learn this skill and i think it'll separate i mean we we teach our community tim we we, we will say look you you can you'll be great at farming you're great at the technical skills of farming Uh, but unfortunately you, you you haven't been shown how to run a great business
0: Right. Well, uh, it's the same. It's the same in high tech. I mean, you you have a lot of engineers that are fantastic at creating a product on the engineering side, but if they can't, but so what? If you can't take it to market, no one's ever going to hear about you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: So you have to have both sides of the equation. You have to have somebody who can engineer a product, but you have to have the ability to sell and market that product. Now, if you're going to put one before the other, it's almost always, almost always, you've got to have the ability to sell and market a product because <clears throat> if sales and marketing is everything that's how you get your customers
1: yes i totally agree okay so if you had to really um summarize and you may have already shared a couple of these points but i just want to hear your top 3 things that you would suggest to a farmer to help them be more well to help them be better at marketing let's just keep it really simple what what would those top 3 things be
0: I think every farm, whether it's small or large, has to create a brand and that brand has to stand for something so people have to not only know that brand name but they have to but they have to have it has to stand for something and what I mean by that Andrew is you need to have an emotion as a as a consumer you need to have an emotional response when you hear that brand name so for example think about Apple you think about Apple and immediately some people will think you know uh, sleek tools or state-of-the-art or makes my life better or whatever they think about it but you have to have some feeling towards that brand if you don't have a feeling towards that brand, then, then nobody's going to care about that brand. So you've got to create a brand, and it's got to stand for something. And I believe all of us in the farming world, small and large, need to be transparent because I think our consumers and our customers want more transparency in the food system. So we need to show them more about what our decisions are and why. And what I mean by that is I don't care if somebody's doing GMO or not doing GMO. I know there's a lot of people on that bandwagon one way or the other. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that we tell people what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. That's huge. Okay. So, so we get it. We've got a brand. Um, what's one or two other one or two other things? Now we've got a brand and anything else that you would suggest in addition well, to that.
0: Well, the brand and also separate from the brand, being transparent. And the third thing is start cultivating a dialogue with your customers. Most of small farms do this via email. Build and a blogs. database. Yeah. yeah, And have a two-way, that way they can have a two-way discussion. Yeah. If, you know, a lot of small farms, you know, in the U.S. and other places in the world made the mistake of like, I'm going to build my presence on Facebook. Really? That's great until Facebook changes their algorithm. And now hmm. nobody hears about your post and stuff. But if you, You have an email list and if you do a good job you're going to get a 30% open rate on your email you're never going to get a 30% um you know um uh uh uh, view view rate on Facebook or any part of social media so you your most important marketing asset for most small farmers is their email list
1: yeah yeah massively valuable so so work on a brand and um Communicate with your customers, build a and database be tra- and,
0: and be transparent because consumers, be transparent. I think everywhere are going to want to know, cause you can create a brand, your brand could stand for something and you could have an emotional response, but still not be transparent. You know, I'm, I, for example, I can't say Apple's that transparent. I don't know everything about how Apple does things, but in the farming world, there's a, there's a, there's been a long-term shift and. I think it's going to continue that consumers want to know and have more confidence in and more trust in their food system. So how are things being produced? I mean, it's getting very micro in the US. I mean, it's not enough to say, is is the milk raw or is it pasteurized? Is it A1 or is it A2? I mean, they want to know all this kind of minutia now about everything. Hmm. So the more you can be transparent, the more you're going to be able to resonate with a consumer and get them to support you.
1: Yeah, and you might not appeal to everyone, but you'll appeal to a segment in the marketplace, and um, that's what you're after.
0: Actually, I think that you just said a great point, Andrew, and I think the point is you don't want to appeal to everyone. I think, yeah. the great, I think the great presidents, at least in the U.S., are the ones who have come in and said, look, I stand for this. And then yes. you've got presidents that come in and say, well, I understand what you're saying on the left. I understand what you're saying on the right, and they try to appease everyone, and they get yeah. nothing done. Yeah, so geez. you have, you have to take a stand with your brand.
1: Yeah. And let's even take um, your current president, Mr. Trump. And I mean, look at, and, and you talk about having consistency in a message, you know, make right. America great again, right? I mean, how, right. how many times would have that been stated over and over and over and over again?
0: You're exactly right. And I'm, I mentioned that, you know, in one of my lessons, that when, as a perfect example of sound bites, I, I defied people. To tell me the, to what Hillary Clinton stood for, and I'm not taking a stand on one versus the other. I think Donald Trump can be quite silly most of the time, but um, Hillary Clinton, her whole slogan was "I'm with her." Where's the benefit yeah. in that to a consumer? Donald Trump's yeah. slogan is "Make America Great Again." Every mm-hmm. Every American, you know, you know, wants to cheerlead. Yeah, go USA. You know, let's make America great again. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. If, for some reason, they're thinking and we're thinking that America is not great now. I don't, I don't know what, what's going on. But, you know, at least, at least he had a memorable tagline and it resonated with people. And great brands do that. Great brands distill their values into a simple benefit-oriented uh, tagline or soundbite for consumers that consumers can repeat.
1: Yeah, really valuable, Tim. And, um, well, listen, I think that's been uh, fantastic. What we've covered today, I, I really, uh, I really advocate what you're talking about, and it just sounds to me, uh, you're the you're the man to go to when it comes to learning about putting that brand in practice and learning how to copyright and uh, as you mentioned the websites and um, helping helping farmers learn to market and, and communicate with yeah get out there actually and, and and build that uniqueness. So I think it's a fantastic resource you provide. Yeah, um, it's, a,
0: it's an important thing. You and I speak differently, Andrew, but clearly we're brothers from another mother. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's another great Australian Australian <laughs> saying, right? <mate. laughs> uh, fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time today. We'll, we'll put the links for your um, websites below and people can come through and I, I highly endorse checking out your, your company, Tim, and I, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Andrew. It was my pleasure. See you later.